How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you doing? I'm pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> Just like day 9,428 inside, right? Yeah. 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 So hello. Oh my God. I love it. Like a Twitter, you are a Twitter icon, a Twitter <laughs> female icon. I love oh, it. Yeah. Um, so I, found, <laughs> I found you on Twitter. Like it must've, I mean, maybe a year Years ago. ago. I feel like it must have been years ago. But I wanted to speak with you because as a female comic, the stress of body image in the comedy world is something that like, I want to hear from you what that's been like, because you are pretty vocal about it online. Yeah. I mean, I get, I get, I mean, the stress of body image in, in general. general. <laughs> yeah. I just think in comedy, it's a little more, it's less acknowledged mm. and it's less discussed probably because comedy is seen as like not the traditional Hollywood sort of structure we're not like this we're the alternative ones we're like the oddballs and the outcasts so like I think there's this idea in the world of comedy that you know we don't fall victim to those superficial types of things but it's just if you're talented then you'll succeed and that's it you know I feel like that's kind of the state of mind of a lot of people in comedy, but it's not true. I mean, <laughs> obviously talent is number one and it will always be number one, but you know, I've, I've been in comedy almost 10 years. I've seen and observed the people, you know, you just, you just see things. You're like, okay, this person who's really like hot right now and getting a lot of buzz is like literally really hot. And I think there's something to that more than just obviously they're very funny right there's a reason they're getting that extra boost and that buzz in an industry run by a lot of straight guys still straight white men mostly you know and I love that things are changing and I love that a lot of these studio heads and a lot of these people like meetings that I would go on like years ago would just be like a bunch of white dudes and now I'm like going to meetings and it's like okay there's a lady here or there's a person of color here yeah like it is changing it's just not changing fast enough for these things to be like changed overnight right you know and it sucks too to like talk about it and be that person who's kind of like complaining about it quote unquote because you really feel like you know you're just kind of made to feel like you're being a little bitch, basically. <laughs> like, you're, well, oh, you're just complaining. Maybe you're just not as talented, you know, or, you know, stuff like totally. that. Well, that's a trope that I think goes along with, like, fat-bodied women of, like, the complainers, the, oh, the world is so hard for us, right? Like, and it's, like, the last thing that we want to do is fall into that idea and to exactly. into that. Yeah. So I absolutely understand what you're saying and I think that that is so indicative of the type of way that fat-bodied women have to be in the world where we're constantly having to monitor ourselves mm -hmm. for everybody else's comfort right 100% yeah yeah always and then just like kind of just manipulating yourself like I've gaslit myself so many times where I'm like, am I just overreacting? Am I looking too much into this? Am I like thinking this is something that it's not? Because I mean, I would literally like go to parties and guys would just come, like I'd be in a group. And I remember this so clearly because I have like a lot of quote, stereotypical quote unquote, conventionally like 
hot friends. Yeah. And so whenever I would go to a party with them, it would literally be like me standing like next to two of them and these like two dudes and like, they're not even looking at me. They're not even acknowledging that I'm a person mm. just because they don't want to fuck me basically. And they're just talking to her. They're talking to her. I'll like pipe in and they'll just kind of like be like, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then just like keep talking. And I'm like, am I, this isn't just, are you noticing this? Like just kind of this like level of being ignored that mm. it's so subtle and it's so like, unless it's happening to you, yeah. other people don't get it and they don't see it and they don't realize how subtle and even though it's so subtle, has such a huge effect Absolutely. on you, on your career, on how you're seen, on like how you, your, your trajectory, like it has this effect overall on how your life goes, you know? Exactly. That's one of the hardest parts of it is like, it's that silent killer where it really is, it's so subtle and it's so nuanced. And, and I think that like fat bodied women also have so much experience with it. So we really know how to even make it quieter because it's, mm -hmm. it's embarrassing and it's shameful. So totally. it's like, when we notice it's happening, we don't want anyone else to notice that it's happening because it's like, seriously, it's happening. <laughs> yeah yeah completely and tell me about like the stuff I've seen that you're doing this tell me about this like strip event right <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> I want to know about that I want to know how you have like gotten to the point where you're like fuck it I'm putting my body on the internet and mm -hmm. you all have to look at it as, as uncomfortable as you are with my body because I don't look like um a runway model like what has that been <laughs> like for you Oh man, it's interesting. I don't really, I don't know what it was that made me, because I remember like in my early 20s, I was very self-conscious yeah. and uh, I didn't have any sort of confidence about my body. Mm -hmm. And I actually think getting into comedy and getting into stand-up helped me in that, but it's a double-edged, like it helped me kind of speak up for myself more and it helped me gain more confidence. But like, as a performer. Right, right. But then opened up a whole new door and set of problems. Totally. Yeah, it, it did. And while it helped me, it was also holding me back in a way because I was like, Allison on stage is not Allison in real life. And those are two different people and they don't have to connect. Allison on stage is probably more the real Allison, but Allison behind the scenes is still going to be very shy and embarrassed and like try and hide her stomach and like try not to look fat in any way because you know that's just not how I should look by the time I started getting and it, you know body positivity kind of got more in the mainstream and I mean I really can't pinpoint what it was that made me double down on being fat and like not try and lose weight or like mm -hmm. I mean I guess in my teenage years my mom would always try to get me to lose weight and I just wouldn't have you ever thought about like why? I mean, here's the other part of it is like your body honestly probably couldn't lose weight the way that- Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. And like I've had that experience too where I was told by my peers, by my parents, lose weight, lose weight, lose weight. But it's like, no, 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 no. My body can't get, my body, this is, this is where my body's natural state is. Like this is my yeah. body type. I can't lose that weight. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I- it's it's fucked up because I have PCOS and do I oh there you go hello so you probably know what I'm talking about when every doctor I'd ever go to always it would just be like okay here's some birth control and lose weight mm -hmm. 
that would be every doctor. Like the only way you can possibly maybe cure this is to lose weight. Mm -hmm. And my, that got in my mom's head. Mm -hmm. And so instead of it being about my looks, instead of it being about, uh, you know, being hot, quote unquote, I'm sorry, I hate that I'm saying that so much, but you know what I mean? Oh, of course. Conventionally beautiful, conventionally attractive. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Instead of it being about that, it became about health. Yes. And that's what my mom would fixate on. That's what every, but like every, all the dialogue now was like, but it's for your PCOS. It's for your health. And that really fucked me up too. Right. Because you know that that's not entirely true. Oh, now I know. Right. I I believed it. I was like, okay, well, I mean, you're telling me that it's because of my health, like it could cure my PCOS. So, okay, like I'll try to lose weight and I would try many times and Mm -hmm. it never worked. Mm -hmm. Literally the most I lost was maybe like 10 pounds Mm -hmm. and then I gained it right back and then I would just gain more weight. Like nothing ever worked and the way it was always positioned was that like I was doing something wrong. Like it was always me, my fault. I wasn't following the rules right. I wasn't doing this diet right. I wasn't exercising right. Like nothing I was doing was the right way. So try again, try again. Mm -hmm. And that's how it was. And finally, when I left, I went to college, I gave up. I was like, whatever, I'm just yeah. fat. Like, that's what it is. I, it's weird because you acknowledge it and you accept it, but you also are still ashamed of it and you still have things about it that you don't like. As much as I would accept, like, this is just who I am, this is my body, I would still work really hard to hide it. And I would still just kind of assume that men wouldn't be into me because uh, I, I date men that men wouldn't be into me because of my body. And I would like, you know, I became very passive in dating. I was like, okay, I'm going to let men come to me because I don't think any of these men are attracted to me and I don't want to embarrass myself. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to wait for a guy to want to hook up with me mm-hmm. if he approaches me. Like it did affect me in ways that while I thought in my head that I was accepting it, I really wasn't. Mm-hmm. And then stand up comedy came, sorry, this is like a lot of talking. <laughs> no, this is exactly what I want to hear because it's, it's just, I'm telling you, like, it's, it couldn't be more similar to my experience and it couldn't be more similar to other fat bodied women. Like that's, that is the biggest takeaway is that like, we all have the exact same story and it makes it, 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 it makes me a little bit happy knowing that, you know, that like, not, I, I feel for your experience. I am sorry that you went through that, but at the same time, like, thank God this was not just something that was in my head and something that I lived through by myself. Yeah. And that's been the biggest lesson too, is like knowing, because when I was in college and in my early twenties, I didn't have any fat friends. No, neither. I I still don't. Right. Yeah. So I couldn't really relate to anybody about it. There was me who, you know, other than the acquaintance here and there, when it came to like close, close friends, they were all thin. They just, didn't experience life the way that I did. And I, yeah, it, it just like for a while, that's how I talk about like gaslighting myself where I was like, well, it's all in my head or like, yeah. I'm just not going to say anything because they don't understand what I'm talking about. So I'm just going to keep it bottled in. Yeah. And that's how yeah. it was for like most of my early twenties. And even when I started stand up, it was still kind of like that. And I don't know, something just came over me, like maybe two years in a stand up, something like that, where I was like, I need to talk more about my sexuality and I need to be more I need to be more the thing that I pretend I am on stage is basically the talk that I had with myself where I'm like I present myself as this really confident 
proud to be like sexual and fat person, but I'm not like this in real life. Mm-hmm. And I want to be more like that person I am on stage mm-hmm. and not the other way around. Mm-hmm. So, and then it helped, of course, that people were talking about body positivity more, fat acceptance. It was finally stuff that was like showing up on my social media. Right. And I was like, oh, like, okay. Finally, like, I felt like I could connect and like, relate with people. Right. That there was a community there that exists. Totally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that helped a lot. I guess there's just like a combination of things where I was like my birth control, like my PCOS, it's not changing my weight. Nothing's happening. Mm -hmm. I'm accepting that this is my weight and I'm going to like finally stop holding back and I'm going to be like the fat slut that I want to be. Cause you know, I I would always want to wear things that I saw like my friends wear that I was like oh wear that. why can't I wear that and I would never let myself like show my stomach I would never wear anything tight I would never you know I would try to look cute but in a very safe way like baby ball dresses you know like everything had to be hidden and I had to be very curated and careful oh, about yeah. what I was wearing yeah and then I finally was just like fuck it and I like bought tight pants for the first time and like right showed my stomach and would just let things kind of hang out when they weren't hanging out before. And it was a very slow process. It wasn't like overnight. Like I remember my very first like slutty pick. <laughs> it was like, I look at it now and I'm like, oh my God, I thought that was slutty. Like literally <laughs> like it was just like a shirt and like shorts and you could just see like my thighs. And I was like, wow, I really thought that was like, but I mean, it was because it's it what was. And, but that is also, that illustrates so well, like how conservative you felt that you had to be before that. Like if shorts and a tank top feel scandalous, that's how hidden you felt your body was before that. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. completely. Um, Cause like I would maybe wear shorts, but like only around close friends, like never like, you know, like shorts was a big deal to finally wear shorts, like out wild or like going to a bar like oh yeah that was like monumental but those are the little steps that are required you know it's got to start somewhere Mm -hmm. and then just that drive to force yourself and push yourself to kind of like power through feeling awkward feeling embarrassed feeling like everyone's looking at you I mean that's another great realization too is just learning that like no one cares (laughs) once that really clicked in my head I was like oh no one gives a shit no one is looking or thinking about me the way that I am thinking about me. Exactly. Yeah, it was just small baby steps. And yeah. I just I started and then I just kept upping it every, like, bit. you know, yep. a little bit more and more to the point where now I'm like, all right, here's me in like a string bikini, tits out, <laughs> stomachs out. Like, <laughs> so second nature now, but it took years. It wasn't like, okay, suddenly I'm really confident and really love my body and fuck you. Like, right. It took a lot of forcing myself to, like, not think about how men would view me. Mm-hmm. You know, that male gaze is strong, and I was really concentrated. I was super boy crazy. Mm-hmm. I, like, wanted boys to like me. And I think, like, a lot of people don't like talking about that. They don't want to admit that because it's very childish, and it's very, like, you know. But I w- I'll admit it. I was boy crazy. Like, I wanted, all I wanted was a boyfriend. Like, I was like, I need a guy to like me. Why Why don't guys like me? Like, that was my whole early 20s. And the day that I started, like, kind of exposing my fatness more was also the day that I had to be like, 
you know, telling myself like, okay, some guys that you like are not going to like this, Mm -hmm. but you have to just fucking deal with that because this is who you are Mm -hmm. and power through. And just over time, I just cared less and less and less what a guy would think about how I looked. And it became about how I felt about how I looked Mm -hmm. and about what I liked and what I wanted. And I just took that male gaze away and started focusing more on my own gaze And now it's like, all right, here's what I think is hot about me. And if a dude happens to think I'm hot too, cool, let's talk. But it's just, I'm putting myself first versus putting myself second. Yeah, that's so, that's so important. Because I think also as girls, like when we're young, we're taught that so much validation comes through male validation. And that's just like a very it's wrong. It's sad that, that that's what young women are taught and also what men are taught, right? Like that this is how you validate girls is seeking out beautiful women. And this is how you're going to be validated in your masculinity as well. And all of it Mm -hmm. is so problematic for mental health on like, that's what it is. It's just, we are, we are creating this really toxic, unhealthy environment for children and for adults and media to to live in. Yeah, yeah, completely. It's very apparent that the way that you look can help you succeed in the world, no matter what industry you're in, right? Like whether it's comedy, whether it's the food biz industry, whether it's media, whether it's whatever it is, the way that you look matters. Like we can't deny that. We cannot deny that. Um, so growing up for you, you, how long, I mean, how aware of your, of your body have you been? And at what age did you start being aware of your body? I remember it happening really young. Mm-hmm. I remember it happening like elementary school, like yeah. fourth, fifth grade. Yeah. I remember I was very obsessed with my arms. Oh yeah. Like I, like this part, like right above my elbow, I remember just being very like, self-conscious about it mm-hmm. I don't know and I would, just, I would never wear shirts that would my upper arm I just did not do that for most of my like early childhood yeah I remember like fourth fifth grade like I, I even like would start having like sort of the early signs of like an eating disorder mm. um, I would eat and then I would like force myself to jump rope a bunch to like try to immediately burn off what I just ate yeah and I like wouldn't eat for a few days I would have like a snack here and there but I would try like really hard like not to eat anything because I just wanted to be skinny and I mean the kicker is at that age I was (laughs) right you like look back and you're like am I kidding myself yeah yeah 100% like if that Allison saw Allison now she would be horrified (laughs) be like oh my god what did you do (laughs) but back then I and I was like 10 years old I was such a kid I was literally like not even in middle school yet and you know I think what happened was I had like really bad constipation because I wasn't eating and I would just complain about stomach aches all the time to the point where my dad was like, okay, we got to take you to the doctor. And they did an x-ray and they were like, oh yeah, you're like full of poop. Like you just haven't pooped because <laughs> you don't eat. Um, so I wasn't like, getting any fiber in my diet or anything, but it never fully went away because my mom was always big on like making sure everything was like diet food, like low sugar, low carb. And she would always kind of be like, okay, watch your carb intake. So it was always like rhetoric that was in my mind where I would always like be conscious of like, am I eating too many carbs right now? 
things like that. But luckily it didn't get to the point of like, like a full-blown eating disorder. Yeah. Just looking, being raised to look at food as good and bad and not really seeing that there's like intersection between the two. Absolutely. Uh, My weight fluctuated. I started gaining weight and that's when I found out I had PCOS. And then that's when I just started on this path of like gaining weight every year. And as much as people around me were like, you should lose weight. Like it just wouldn't happen. Oh yeah, absolutely. Right. It's like, you're told your whole life, you have to do this thing. But like we were saying at the beginning of our conversation, like, it's just not possible for my body type. Like that's not where my body is supposed to be normal at. And I wish someone told me that when I was like 20. Oh, when I was 20. yeah. 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 Okay. I mean, doctors don't tell you that, your parents don't tell you that, your teachers don't tell you that. So of course, I mean, magazines certainly don't tell you that, the right. internet certainly doesn't tell you that. So of course, that's what you're going to think. Yeah. If I knew, if I just knew, like, this is just what your body is, just accept right. it. Right. Instead of everything being positioned as like, well, oh, you should just work harder. Right. You should go to the gym every day. You should be at the gym three hours a day. Why aren't you at the gym three because I'm a human and I have a life to live and I don't know how people do this, but to me, this is like not right. Right. (laughs) This is something I must do in order to prove to you that I am trying to lose weight, that I hate being fat, that I, this isn't how I want it to be. Like I, I have to prove to people. And that's what I was like really struggling with my early, late teens, early twenties. Like that was, that was me. And I think thin, thin women too deal with this, of this idea of like, you need to fix yourself. You need to change, you know, your neck or your nose or your eyes, wear this makeup, wear these clothes, all of that. Um, We're constantly being told that we're wrong in the world and that we need to be fixed. When in reality, it's like the world is wrong and we are fine just the way that we are. Just again, reiterating this idea of like, we all experience this, right? Like it's not just such a unique and such an individual and experience. Like it very much is a shared experience. And like the more we can talk about it and the more uh, visibility we give it and the more we kind of pull back that curtain and, and, and unhide the shame that we've been living under, the more we can heal individually, but also collectively. And I think that that's important. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I just want to reiterate, like, I'm not an activist. I'm not like, you know, um, these are just my personal life experiences, but I would highly recommend like reading texts and Mm -hmm. for people listening, like definitely like go to a legit, like someone who really knows their shit. (laughs) Totally. I mean, I, I feel the same way, right? Like I'm no expert. All I'm speaking of is like my personal experience and that's where I can draw from. But, and yeah, there's so much out in the world, but it's like these types of conversations um, can al- can like kind of be that like gateway for people mm-hmm. to then go explore more on their own, I hope. Because oh, I really? think, yeah. yeah, like social media is so important because it's a distribution platform for digestible content to exist for people to access it, right? So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's a very good point. I'm still learning too. And yeah. it's going to be, I'm going to be keeping learning, keep on learning for many years to come. And Absolutely. I definitely appreciate talking about it and 
expressing my feelings and that's all I do. Like, you know, I've written, cause like, I'll look at stuff that I've written about, about my body years ago mm-hmm. and be like, Oh God, why did I write that? Like so mm-hmm. uninformed. And so, you know, like using terms that I shouldn't have used and things like that. But it's like, that's part of the process too, is like making mistakes and like thinking that you know everything, but you actually don't. And then like learning and acknowledging. And so just to say that it's like a never ending, you know, you'll always be on this journey and, you know, just try to enjoy it as much as you can. Exactly. 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 Well, thank you so, so much. Thank you so much. You too. Oh yeah, totally. My babbling was okay. I, I feel like I babbled a lot, but no, this is, that's what talking is, right? Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm excited to like keep hearing everything you have to say online and thank you. I'll see you. I'll see you online. Yeah. See you, <laughs> yeah. On, the <laughs> see you on the internet. <laughs> oh man. Allison, thank you so much. So good to thank meet you. you. I'll talk to you Appreciate later. You. Good. Okay. Yay. Bye. Bye. Bye.